Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 33 called, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Psalm 33, the title comes from verse 12. Take a peek with me. We'll kind of get to the middle of the psalm just for a second. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Let's pray together. Father, our nation tonight is really at a crossroads. And I think one of the biggest things that we all realize is that we have to make up our minds who we are, whose standard we follow. When we say the word blessed, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a nation that is blessed by God? And what does it mean to be a nation that's not? Israel actually experienced both. They had blessings and cursings put before them, and they got to choose which way it would be. And Lord, in the new covenant, we know we are a blessed people, and we know that your blessings remain, and we have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus that is ours, and we're so grateful. We're grateful for your covenant love. We talked a little bit in the prayer meeting about the word hesed, your loving kindness, which is also in this psalm. Your faithful covenant love, you you will never fail to continue to love us, and we thank you for that. But you also allow us to make decisions, and you allow us to live with the consequences of those decisions, and there is a tension in there. And tonight, as we look at a psalm that can help us personally, corporately, nationally, um, in every way, Lord, really, how how to even consider how to vote and how to navigate, how we make decisions as a nation, as a people. I pray tonight we'd have the leading of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would speak. Your church would have ears to hear what you say to her, and she would bring you glory. In Jesus' name, if you agree, would you say? Amen. Amen. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessedness is connected to the living God. That's why it says, blessed is the nation who's decided to make the Lord their God. Blessed is the marriage who has made the Lord their God. Blessed is the company that says the Lord is my God. Blessed is the individual who says Jesus Christ is my Lord. Now you might ask the question, what does the word blessed mean? In Hebrew, it has two primary ideas. It has the idea of a covering, like a hand covering someone or Uh, watching over them. It also has the idea in Hebrew of the presence of God. Literally, if you look up the Hebrew picture language, it speaks of fire on the head. And we can see the picture in Acts chapter 2 with the Holy Spirit lighting upon the early church with tongues as of fire. So you can think of covering. You can think of presence. And then you can think of being well off as a result of those two realities. So if you have God's covering in your life, if you have his presence in your life, then you are supremely well off. Amen? And if you don't, 
then you don't. And nations, just like individuals, since nations are made up of individuals, get to decide who they want their God to be. And by whose standard do we measure anything? Do you know that we did a 633 um, during the height of the COVID uh, pandemic, as it's been called. And one of our speakers up here said that politics is essentially applying your ethics. Or let me just put it this way. Politics is ethics applied. Somebody is going to apply their worldview to the culture because a culture is made up of a set of laws and those laws are going to come from somewhere and someone is going to dictate those laws. And right now our country has been on a slippery slope moving away from God's principles and redefining many, many things. And when we begin to move away from the standard of God, we begin to remove the blessing of God. Because if you won't do it God's way, then at some point he will remove his blessing. And we could think about that in the ways I define the word, his covering and his presence. Now, I don't believe he's going anywhere from any of our lives as believers. So we know we're in the new covenant. I'm not saying that, but I am talking about maybe direct blessing. I am saying that some of our founding fathers said, if we don't live by the book, if we don't live by the word of God, we are going to not experience God's blessings. Here's George Washington at his inauguration with the Bible in his hand. He said, no people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the United States. Every step by which we have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token a providential agency, some uh, direct hand of God. We ought to be no less persuaded that the favorable smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. How many political people, how many speeches end with God bless you or God bless America or people who claim to have faith in God, but how does one measure that? How would we, if someone said, I have a faith in God, how would you measure that? Well, the only way you could measure that is by what they do. Because I can tell you that I have faith, but you could say like James, well, but faith without works is dead, being by itself. See, faith alone saves, but saving faith is never alone. It will produce works. Works don't save you, but they are an evidence that you are saved. And one of the main evidences that First John talks about is that we know we've passed out of death into life because we love God's people. Do you have a love of God's people in your heart? Do you want to be with God's people? Or as we, you know, we hear a lot of people talk about you know, I'm a believer, but I choose to worship God in my own way. Well, we should be worshiping God in the way that God defines worship to be. James Madison, the primary author of the Constitution, said this, We have staked the future of all our political institutions upon the capacity of mankind for self-government, upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to control ourselves, 
to sustain ourselves, listen, according to the Ten Commandments of God, close quote. There's James Madison. But we have a lot of voices in our country, a lot of people who are arguing about, you know, different ways to, that we should go about looking at our institutions and how we do what we do. George Mason, the father of the Bill of Rights, says, as nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, so they must be in this one by an inevitable chain of causes and effects. Providence, or God, punishes national sins by national calamities, close quote. And David Barton, who's wrote, written a great series on, you know, uh, the, the uh, what, what is it called again? The, uh, oh, it escapes me. Anyway, the Godly Heritage of America series. Anyway, here's what he says. He says, the fathers of the nation believe that God will deal with the nation right now, in the present, uh, for the stands that it takes. A nation has no other time to answer to God but the present, close quote. And Benjamin Franklin reminded the delegates, we needed God to be our friend, not our enemy. We needed him to be our ally, not our adversary. We needed to make sure that we kept his concurring aid. And then Ben Franklin warned, if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without God's notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We've been assured in the sacred writing or the Bible that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it, close quote. That is from Benjamin Franklin on the floor of the Constitutional Convention, June 28, 1787. In light of this, Thomas Jefferson said these words, can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we've removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of people that these liberties are the gift of God that they are not to be violated, but without his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country, says Jefferson, when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever, close quote. Now, these are just a few of the quotes that I could give you from the founding fathers who assuredly were imperfect men. But I think you will find that the majority of them were strong believers in God. Many of them were training or had trained for the ministry Many of our most prominent colleges were founded by ministers of the gospel, even though they've become totally corrupt and totally liberal now. And the question is, as a country, what do we believe? Why do we believe it? On what do we stake our future? And how do we navigate right now? We live right now. So what are we to do as a country right now? Well, ultimately, our guiding light has to be the Bible. It can't be somebody's opinion. It can't be, you know, a bunch of talking heads getting together or a, a poll that we take over here to see what percentage of people believe this about that or that about this, and then I'll change my view and adjust it to what the polls say. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter if a man sits in a, a religious-looking chair and makes a declaration that now this is what God thinks about this. I'm sorry. You just a man. And we're going to measure you by the Word of God, not by what clothing you wear or what position you've attained. And I'm saying things without saying them, but some of you have seen the news where, you know, the Pope can come out and say something about a certain lifestyle. And, you know, all of a sudden, apparently some people think that's authoritative. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And I'm saying things without saying them, but some of you have seen the news where, you know, the Pope can come out and say something about a certain lifestyle, and, you know, all of a sudden, apparently, some people think that's authoritative. You're sitting here tonight because you are a Christian, and and you uh, may or may not know this, but part of the Reformation that we have embraced as Protestants was to counter some of that corruption. Now, I am not saying that people sitting in Catholic churches are not believers. There's many wonderful believers in Catholic churches. But what I am saying is that the Roman Catholic papal structure got corrupted somewhere along the way and gave a lot of power to one man. And that can be dangerous, especially if that one man is not aligned with the Bible. And that could be a man in any capacity, whether it's a political position, a religious position, etc. Now, this particular psalm is, uh, has an unknown author. It's one of a few uh, psalms that we don't know who the author is. Uh, the occasion is not necessarily known, but here's what we do know. Uh, it is a reference to God's mighty delivering power. Some see the deliverance under King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20 as the backdrop. Some see 2 Kings 19 and perhaps King Hezekiah as the backdrop. But it is a wonderful psalm of rejoicing, a psalm of hope, a psalm of victory, a psalm that leads us right to the one who is the source of blessing, God. It opens with a call to worship. It says this, sing for joy. Remember, the psalms are songs. So in opening uh, you know, a 
choir leader might come out, a worship leader might come out and say, sing to the Lord. That's how the psalm opens. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright or praise from the upright, New King James, is beautiful. Do you know that praise is a beautiful thing? God considers praise beautiful. And there is something just simply beautiful about rejoicing your heart, lifting your praises to God. God finds beauty in that. And whatever he finds beauty in, that's where I want to be. And I have, a, I have found a beautiful place of peace. And sometimes this is what happens in worship. You know, you begin to worship and it's hard to get your hands up at first. And maybe you've had a rotten day. Maybe you've had a rotten week. Maybe you took too many looks at your rotten heart. And you're like, oh man, you know, this is tough. And I don't know. I'm not feeling it. And then a little by little, the hands come up a little bit more. And all of a sudden, a lot of the cares and concerns of the world just melt away in the glory of his beauty. See, what I need more of in my life is not to look in, but to look up. And that's what worship does. And that's why it's beautiful, because he is beautiful. He is where I find beauty. If I look around long enough at this broken and ugly world, I don't see a lot of beauty. Sometimes I do. But as I look to the Lord, praise, a call to praise. A nation that praises is a nation that will have God's blessing. You know, churches right now have been in a difficult spot, right? Especially in some of the states where they're trying to close the doors and they keep changing the colors from one week to the other. I don't even know what the colors mean anymore. I just only know that Barney is a purple dinosaur. That's what I do know. <laughs> and sorry. But I, I don't know all that's going on in the world. But I know that one of the mandates that was put upon the church was don't sing anymore. And by the way, there, uh, there are some new guidelines that have come out now, and they are dissuading the singing of carols at Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it'd be funny if I was joking, but I'm not joking. This, this is kind of what's coming out now from the top. We got to be careful about those Christmas carols, you know because you could eat a cookie and then sing a carol and the cookie could fly and, you know, maybe it has COVID on it. I, I don't know. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, Psalm 150, verse 1. Praise him in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. I am not going to stop praising. Thank you. Verse 2. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. That's a musical instrument. And sing praises to him with a harp of 10 strings, something like an ancient guitar here. I want you to focus on the two words at the beginning of verse two, give thanks. We've been talking about giving thanks for a while in some of our Sunday messages. Thankfulness brings blessing from the Lord. God wants a thankful nation. If you were to measure our nation, take a microphone onto the streets, 
Take it onto a university campus. Take, take it to a shopping mall. I wonder what the measurement of gratitude would be in our culture. We're probably materially the most blessed, in quotes, nation that may have ever existed on the face of this planet in terms of material wealth. If you're an American, you're in the top 95% of persons who hold material wealth in the world, no matter what you have, no matter what your bank account says. Most people in the world don't even have a bank account. And yet, are we grateful? Are we a thankful nation right now? You know, it's becoming more and more funny to me and sad at the same time that the shopping venues open earlier and earlier on Thanksgiving. So now that you got, you got your last bite of turkey and off you go to stand in line somewhere, you, maybe you'll be able to stand in line there. I, I don't know. But we want to have gratitude. Let's flip it to the positive. Let's be grateful. We're to rejoice always. We're to pray without ceasing and everything, we're to be thankful people. This is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And it shows that we are grateful to him, but it also is good for your soul. Gratitude's good for your soul. Sing to him a new song, verse three. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. See the new song there? Some commentators believe that this Psalm may be based upon something that God did recently, i.e. maybe the deliverance of God under King Jehoshaphat, because it was a new song and God does do new things. Sometimes he does something new in your life. Sometimes he reaches a new person through your witness. There's a new way that you've been able to appreciate something or a spiritual discovery that you've made that's new to you and you rejoice and you can sing to God a new song. You've been listening to Blessed is the Nation Whose God is the Lord, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 33. Remember, Walk in Truth is on podcast apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Stitcher, and many more. So you can listen to Pastor Michael's teaching whenever you want. If you're already listening to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, please give the podcast a rating. More good ratings means the greater the possibility that new listeners will find the podcast. Thank you for rating Walk in Truth. And remember, if you have not already done it, search and subscribe to Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we have called Psalm 33 an incredible psalm. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now, we saw the word blessed in Psalm 32. Blessed is the person whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, And now we have another psalm that says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That's the God of the Bible is the God of that nation. Now, originally addressing Israel, but it's true for any nation. And the blessings come because when you follow the true God, inevitably blessings come. And look, it's probably more about the individual than the nation, although I would argue that If the leaders of a nation are following God, that's going to be a benefit. But ultimately, a nation is made up of individuals. So blessed is the nation if there's a bunch of people, let's say a good percentage of the nation that follow the Lord, honor the Lord, then blessings are going to flow. And so we need to think about families and states, uh, not just nations as a whole. But of course, when a nation does honor God, and we can see this all through the Bible, 
then blessings do come to that nation. And when we don't, well, we're going to get less blessing and maybe even the opposite if we reject God. That's how it works. And I'd like to invite you, as we go through Medicine for the Soul, these wonderful psalms that you've been hearing on the radio, we're, we're actually preaching them on Wednesday nights live. You can tune in on our YouTube channel, and I'll tell you more in a moment. Or why don't you come and join us live for a Wednesday night service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. That's where I serve as senior pastor. City of Corona, right off the 91 in Lincoln Avenue. And if you want to come and join us for a Wednesday night time of worship. It's pretty intimate, a little bit less formal, but we're going through the Word of God, and I know you will be blessed. Information, driving directions, we have a concurrent youth group, a lot of stuff for the kids, all at walkintruth.com. Just click on that church tab, walkintruth.com. Glad you're listening. We'll catch you right here tomorrow. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too, or give a one-time tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 33 called, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's always our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.